You are now listening to The Unit Report. Listen as we take a deep dive into the world of sports centered around Pittsburgh. Now, your hosts, Lucas and Troy. Welcome to this week's episode of The Unit Report. More like this month's episode because some people can just never record, you know, not pointing fingers or anything. Anyways, anyways. Um, we are going to make this an MLB exclusive podcast because we just had the trade deadline pass. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot topical, or we are going to have an NHL episode to catch catch everybody up on the off season because a lot has happened that we have not gotten to talk about yet. So we'll get to that on another episode, but starting this one, we're going to talk mostly about all the MLB trade deadline deals. But the first thing we're going to talk about real quick is uh, yield David Bednar, Pirates reliever, got an all-star selection in this year's all-star game. And uh, as tradition, typically the manager will give the elected player uh, champagne. Uh, David Bednar was given from Derek Shelton Iron City because he's a Yinzer. I thought that was just a nice touch. That's pretty cool. Very fitting. Very fitting for uh, David Bednar, uh, the uh the classic Yinzer who made it big. We're proud of him. And now let's just get into all of the mess of the uh, MLB trade deadline with the biggest deal happening between San Diego and Washington and what some are calling the biggest trade in baseball history. I would debate that, but still it's being that's a bit that. of a, that's a very far stretch. That's just because it just happened. So everyone's like, oh, this is the biggest thing. And then like a week later, it's like, eh. Well, it's Juan Soto. Uh, and Josh Bell, Josh Bell, former pirate, going from Washington to San Diego for a boatload of prospects. And it's not just, you know, some prospects. It's basically all of the entire Padres cupboard of top prospects. I'm going to get the names here in a second. I know C.J. Abrams was a shortstop prospect. He was in that deal. Mackenzie Gore was a left-handed starter. He was in that deal. And I believe their other top three prospects were also in that deal. So it's a huge deal, a lot of prospect capital being sent. But in the meantime, the Padres pick up Soto and Bell in that deal. Also acquired uh, on the deadline by the Padres were Brandon Drury, uh, infielder from Cincinnati, and Josh Hader, closer for the Milwaukee Brewers. So... What do we think about how this changes the favor for the Padres? Are they going to win the NL now? Are they going to win the World Series? Are they even going to be able to win the NL West versus the Dodgers? Before we even get into that, can we go over the, like, original, whenever the deal first came out, because it first started with they were sending Eric Hosmer to the Nats as part of it, right? So, like, whenever the the deal first broke, that's what it said. That's what everyone on Twitter was saying. They're like, all right, Hosmer to the Nats, to the Nationals in exchange for blah, blah, blah. And then evidently uh, they either forgot about or someone leaked it too early that uh, Hosmer had a new trade clause. And he was like, you know, absolutely not. So he ends up getting shipped off to the Red Sox, I think like six hours later or something. And then Luke Voigt ends up getting sent to the Nationals to kind of fill that void. So the uh, Padres basically had to give up two of their star players when it was uh, intended to only be one, at least I think, 
And then uh, in order for the Nationals to not back out, given that they had Juan Soto, they were like, all right, we're going to have to give you – we're going to basically have to give up our other star player. So, I don't know. I kind of think the whole tactic of, like, trying to really load up for the playoffs, I mean, it kind of panned out, but in a way it kind of didn't because you have to give up two of your best in order to try to, I guess, pack the team for the – like, load up for the playoffs. So, I don't know. That, that just worked out. Kind of, kind of strange how that one ended up working out, but in the end, it did. And uh, Hosmer's now a Red Sox. I wouldn't call Voight and Hosmer their two of their better players. I, I think honestly, they're both were they were salary dumps. But I feel like you'd want one of those guys, especially now that the DH is in the NL, like for the playoff run. I feel like you'd like at least one of them. So I'm kind of surprised that after Voigt got added in the Nationals deal, they didn't just decide to keep Hosmer. It's kind of interesting how that's that what I mean. Transpired. It's kind of just strange to like. It would have been a good bat. To obviously, have. they had to do it with the no trade clause. Well, they could have just moved Voigt to the Nationals and then kept Hosmer. They could have, that was a possibility. Correct, but that's not what they opted for. So instead, they got rid of two MLB bats, two power bats, nonetheless. Um, they expect Josh Bell to take on, you know, their roles, but that you got rid of two guys to fill the role of one guy. Cause Juan Soto is an outfielder. He's not going to be filling the role of Voigt or Hosmer, but this is all I think contingent on whether Soto signs long-term in San Diego. I don't see why he wouldn't, although he did just reject a 40, no, a $450 million deal with the nationals. So he's going to be negotiating for the biggest contract in baseball history. So San Diego already has a lot of money shelled out for a lot of guys. We'll talk about Musgrove in a second, but Machado, Tatis are all signed to big money long-term. I don't see why San Diego wouldn't, but they're going to be committing a lot of money for a long time to especially that group of three, Soto, Machado, and Tatis. Uh, Bell is a good add on there too. Obviously he's going to be that. He, I think he already started for at first base for them yesterday, I believe, but Soto's the main piece. There were three teams in on him. It was uh, St. Louis, uh, the Dodgers, and obviously the Padres of the three. I wanted him to go to the Padres because I'm sick of the Dodgers getting everybody. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think, I don't think anyone wants to see the Dodgers pick up anyone else. That's just and, how it is year after year. And if he was going into our division, I would have been pretty upset about that. Cause then we'd see the one soda for the next 20 years, but nonetheless, huge deal, really big deal. The prospects going back are Mackenzie Gore. Like I said, CJ Abrams outfielder, Robert Hassel. I think it's Hassel. The third, James Wood, outfielding prospect, Jarlin, Susanna, and then obviously, yeah, Luke Voigt. And then, like you said, they proceeded to move Hosmer to the Red Sox. But I think they're eating a lot of that contract, too, for Hosmer. So not even sure why they decided to move Hosmer, but is what it is. Uh, big deal. But now let's go to what we were, what I originally asked. Do you think this threads the needle for the Padres? Are they going to win their division? Are they going to win the NL? Are they going to win the World Series? Um, I don't know about the NL. I think it definitely makes it more competitive. We also saw this a couple years ago, which we kind of alluded to earlier with the, uh, with them initially requi- uh, acquiring Musgrove, who they now extended and, uh, Machado. So I don't know. It was so I think everyone thought that they were really going for it then. And that did that things definitely did not pan out the way that they wanted it to be. 
Um, hopefully with picking up uh, Soto and uh, Josh Bell, who is, I guess, a power hitter to kind of help try to fill that void. I don't know. I think it's really going to be uh, more of a more of a game of if they can get everyone to, if they, if they can get everyone like hot in the uh, all Pistons firing whenever playoffs come around because that was really their problem whenever they tried this a couple years ago. It's just like they acquired all this talent and then everyone cooled off and that was really it. So as we talk right now, they are second in their division at 11 and a half games back of the Dodgers. So that's going to be a tough one to make up, especially this late into the season. And then they're in the second wild card spot right now. Uh, behind the Dodgers, ahead of the Phil. I'm sorry, behind the Braves, ahead of the Phillies. In that second wild card spot, I don't know. I don't the know. The Braves. The the only thing that's helping them is the Braves did kind of have a rough. Uh, they kind of had a rough like June, July. They they started to pick. They're starting to pick back up, for the most part in the last couple of weeks. But they they really did cool down. So that kind of helps close that gap a little bit. But yeah, being eleven or eleven and a half games, whatever you said back on the Dodgers. I mean that's. That's going to be pretty hard to make up some ground, given it is the Dodgers. So they're really, they're really going to make a mark for it if they are going to even get remotely close to passing them. I think that amount is insurmountable, to be honest with you. I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. Um, but the wild card, they're only three back of the top wild card spot. But it doesn't really matter. I don't think which wild card spot you get matters too much. Um, but there's only four. You could say there's five teams in contention for the three wild card spots. It's Atlanta, San Diego, Philly. St. Louis is a half game back of Philly. Then the Giants are five and a half back of Philly. If you want to include them, but in the AL, it's a completely different story where there's a bunch of teams that are competing for those the, those couple those three spots. So I think San Diego is positioned well. Uh, I think that they're probably not going to be able to push the needle into getting that division spot. But I think you put them in the playoffs, they can do some damage. Because right now, the division teams, the teams leading their division in the NL, are the Mets, the Brewers, and the Dodgers. Dodgers are the Dodgers. We know what they're about. Brewers, especially after selling off their closer, I don't think that I don't think they're that invested in competing this year. They're only a game and a half up on St. Louis. I think St. Louis expects to surpass them. And then in the East. You know, the Braves have the one wild card spot. The Mets just got DeGrom back for the first time. So it's probably going to take a while for them to completely acclimate. They didn't have a great deadline by a lot of measures. I think that they swung and missed on a few things that they wanted to do. Obviously, we'll talk about in a second. They got Vogelbach from the, uh, the Pirates. But I think there's I think there's definitely room here. I think the top two most likely teams to win the NL are both in Southern California, I think it's gonna—it's a Dodgers Padres back and back, uh, like back to back. But like you said before, they've done this before and it didn't work. But the buying everything to win model has worked in the past for other teams. The Do- look at the Dodgers, like literally right up the road in Los Angeles. They have a—they you know bought and paid for a lot of their team, and they've got some—they got one World Series out of it. So. We'll see. I think San Diego is suited for the long term. They're going to be competitive in the playoffs. And if they can re-sign Soto, they will be competitive for a long, long time.
Um, moving forward, yeah, we already talked about Hosmer to the Sox. Voight was in that deal. Musgrove, speaking of the, of the Padres, there we go. Musgrove, I think it was a five-year, $100 million contract. So I think it's 20. Yeah, I think it was like, I think it's 20 a year. 20 a year, yeah, which I'm happy for because that was a deal he would never have gotten in Pittsburgh. So I'm happy he's going. He's left, and he's actually getting his getting his money. And also, just as of late, he's done really well. I think he's like in the top five, like in the odds for NL Cy Young this year. I'm going to take a look on at that and see. But he's had a really good season. So I'm happy he's actually go, being able to go out and chase the bag because, like I said, the Pirates would not be giving him that money. So right now, according to VegasInsider.com, he's fourth in Cy Young odds behind um, Alcantara, Burns, and uh, Max Freed. So there you go. He's having a great year. Hopefully that works out for him. Pretty good stuff from him. Um, And then, yeah, the Pirates traded uh, Vogelbach to the Mets. Uh, Correct. this This is a deep emotional loss for our podcast especially because agreed for some oh speak this is this is where if i can take this for a second go ahead so you know we we do follow the uh follow the units around you know the the bigger guys uh vogelbach listed it i believe it's six foot 260 um gets traded to the mets big devastating loss for us but you know really like to see him go to the mets huge just huge in all aspects um Gets to go to the Mets. At least he's in. Con- at least he's with a decent team that's kind of in contention. Um, goes out there and and really, really just puts up great numbers for us. Uh, so like I said, six foot two sixty, bigger guy, right? You know, unit. Go. I for, I think it's like his third game there, because he's obviously the DH. But he goes from second to home, which is uh. For people who don't know in baseball, that's not, there's 90 feet between the bases. So that's 180 feet, covers it in eight seconds in scores. Yep. That's impressive. Big, big man's got wheels. I mean, he, for someone with a speed rating of five on the show, I mean, I don't know, maybe we might have to bump him up to like a seven. Eight seconds is not bad for, uh, for a big guy like him. Really respect it. Definitely putting in that uh, athleticism there. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think if he definitely gets on base again, uh, I don't. I think you really gotta make sure you hold him on. I uh, don't want him stealing because he obviously shows that he's got the speed. And uh, I don't know, man. Could be dangerous here in the future. Yeah, I, I think that he is our dream guest on the show. We haven't had any uh, guests, but if we were to have an athlete appear on the show, I believe both of our top choices would be uh, Dan Vogelbach. So, uh, but yeah, awesome. I think he's a good pickup. He's a good left-handed power bat. I'm going to miss him on the Pirates because he was one of the only players that could really, uh, you know, send it into the seats. And now he's going to be playing in Queens for the Mets. Hopefully they go on a good run so he can get some playoff success under him. This was kind of a renaissance year for him where he uh, was kind of a cast off, played for the Mariners, uh, a few other teams. But he found a home in Pittsburgh, made the best of his situation. He basically became like the starting first baseman and uh, made, like I said, made the best of the situation. So we're really proud of him. You know, Ho- hope it all works out. 
I think the Mets, because they had Cologne, I think that was their last person that qualifies as the unit. But uh, the, I don't know, because he started, yeah. he they're, started they're with Milwaukee. He, he started did. with Milwaukee. They have Ronnie uh, Tellez. That's a big guy, too, but I think he's like he's a good bit taller, so take that for what it's worth. But that's a pretty big dude, too. And then they had uh, Thames, but that guy's just jacked. So Yeah, Thames is not a unit. Thames is a uh... – as a monster, he he's a lab experiment. That that guy, yeah, I, I I don't know, man. That guy could crush a skull with his uh bare hand. Just he could just rip someone in half just with no problem. And it's so weird how like out of nowhere that just happened. Like he was he was just a regular baseball player. Then one season he just had the craziest biceps. I wonder how that happened. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, interesting. Nonetheless, speaking of pirates trades, pirates traded Jose Quintana, Chris Stratton to the St. Louis Cardinals, an interdivision trade. You don't see those too often. They're a little more common in baseball than they are elsewhere, but still it happened. Quintana had a good season. A, uh, I think it was a 3-2 ERA, somewhere around there for the Pirates this year. Um, good left-handed starter, like I said. Uh, I, a lot of people wanted the, wanted the Pirates to keep him around. He was a good trade, uh, good trade bait. I, th- I don't remember the return on that, but it, it was a pretty all right return, it seemed like. Chris Stratton was a right-handed reliever who had a couple good years with us, but his numbers weren't as good this year. Yeah, they picked up uh, Johan Oviedo, which I believe they sent to AAA immediately with hopes that he'll be able to come up and start this season. I'd probably see it happen given that they're giving anyone a chance uh, with their current standings and that they are very much not making the playoffs. And then they got Malcolm Nunez, which I believe they already sent to the curve in Altoona, so that's double A, so he's a prospect. He's an infielder. Gotcha. Interesting. It's very – I was kind of surprised to see Stratton leave because it seems like he's been here forever. I I was surprised too because it wasn't reported as a Quintana-Stratton trade. It was just reported as, as Quintana. A Quintana. And then at the, yeah. ver- at the very end, they're like, oh, yeah, Stratton's heading too. And if you look at his micro stats, his spin rate and stuff, he's a he's a good pitcher. It's just he didn't have the like the baseline numbers like ERA this year. I think his ERA was somewhere north of five. Um, and the bullpen this year in general has been pretty dismal for the Pirates, other than Bednar, obviously, and a few uh, exceptions. But they get new homes. They're probably going to be able to compete in uh, the playoffs. So good for them. Hope it all works out for them. But I'm not going to be cheering for the uh, Cardinals come October. They're the one team, one of the teams I don't like because whenever the Pirates were playoff teams, they were the ones that were always knocking us down a peg or two. So, correct. Is what it is. Um, salary dump move. The Dodgers acquire Joey Gallo as they're just collecting infinity stones of former really, really good players that aren't as good anymore. Joey Gallo from the Yankees. The Yankees were kind of sick of him. He has not had the best season, and a lot of Yankee fans have been calling for him to be moved just because he's a waste of salary at this point. And the Dodgers picked up – they bought low, and they got him. And I think if you get him going, I mean, that's the kind of guy you want in October. That's the kind of guy you want to pick up off your bench. And he's getting paid a lot to be a bench guy, but still – He's a good DH now that, like I said, the DH is in the NL. He's a good guy to have whenever you want just a, you have the bases loaded and you need a big bat, you're down three, something like that. I think it's a good pickup for them because they have the money to waste and they did it. Yep. Speaking of money to waste, I'm just kidding. I have a lot of respect for Trey Mancini. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey Mancini going from Baltimore to, to Houston. He's a obviously his story's been told multiple times. Great player, great, better person, strong guy. He beat, I think it was stage three colon cancer. I think it was, yep. cool, I believe. Uh, crazy. Uh, who's the comeback player of the year? So uh, Houston finally gets a redeemable character on their roster, which hasn't been the case for a few years. They've had some pretty uh, terrible people, you know, from the whole cheating scandal. But Mancini provides a good bat, a good power bat. He can play, uh, he can do DH, he can play first. I think he's he has some experience in right too, in right field. I think he's a good pickup for them. And then my one of my favorite teams, the Toronto Blue Jays, acquired Whit Merrifield, who's kind of the jack of all trades. He can play outfield. He can play second. Uh, fast guy, makes good contact. There is a caveat. He, at least at the time he was dealt, was unvaccinated because whenever the Kansas City Royals had to visit Toronto to play them, he was one of the players that was unable to cross the border, along with a few other guys. He was unable to cross so the assumption is he's going to be vaccinated because to cross either border going from America to Canada or Canada to America, both countries have a, have the, you need to be vaccinated requirement. So it's not like it's a, it's a just Canada rule. It's a basically you're, if you're moving around, you have to have that. So hopefully he gets that all sorted out because he, I think he's a good piece. He's probably a missing piece that Toronto needed. I really like that deal. A lot of blue Jays fans uh, online seem to like that deal as well. Um, biggest pitcher on the market was Luis Castillo of the Reds and Seattle spent all of their prospects to get him. There was a uh, rumor that came out that basically Seattle had a deal in place for Soto uh, earlier in the week, but it didn't happen because two of the key prospects in the deal were moved for Castillo instead. So interesting to see that Seattle is going kind of all in. They are in a playoff spot, like I said before, which I think would be the first time they've been in the playoffs 20 years. Yeah, I say it's been a hot minute. I think it was just around I think it was just around the 2000s whenever they were last in it. Yeah, they're they're the fourth longest uh World Series drought in MLB history from 77 to now. But I'm trying to find how long it's been since they've been in the playoffs. It's been 20 seasons. So I was right. From 2002, they have not been in the playoffs. It seems like this will be the year. That's been said how many times? Um, kind of crazy to think all the years that they had Felix Hernandez uh, when he was at a Cy, at Cy Young performance. They never once made the playoffs. That's wild. Yeah, it's rough. But I think Castillo, anyway. Castillo will be good for them. He's an ace that they need. A good right-handed starter. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, your Braves made a signing. They did. They made a big deal. They signed uh, Austin Riley to a 10 year contract extension. He's, I don't remember the exact terms, but I think it's like 20 something mil a year. I mean, it's just something insane. Yep. Let me, I'm going to look up the exact term for it, but it's like insane. It was, yeah, it was something pretty. I think it was 200 plus million, somewhere around there. It was 10 year, $212 million contract. So that's what, 21 a year? 21 yep. and some change a year? Yeah. 
Uh, he's had a great season. He's definitely had a great season. And it seems like the Braves are always on top of signing their young players to long-term big deals early. They've keep that like uh, the salary down because they did that with um, Ozzy Albies, uh, Acuna, and now they're doing it with uh, Riley. So they have a good system there. People are still getting paid fairly, but they're getting long-term contracts done early in order to keep the salary down. Because look what happened with the Nationals with Juan Soto. They waited until a year and a half before he's a free agent and now are trying to figure that out. And obviously – And he's gone. They lost him. And they offered him literally half a billion dollars, but whatever. Um, yeah, moving off of that, Yankees loaded up. They got Frankie Montas, a starter. Uh, Lou Trevino, Andrew Benintendi. They're going for it. And they have every yep. right to because Aaron Judge is having, I think, what is an M- MVP season. They also got Harrison Bader from the Cardinals for Jordan Montgomery. So they get a lot of talent this trade deadline. And I, I see no no end in sight for them. If, if the Padres fumble the bag, I think there is a possibility that the it's a Yankees-Dodgers World Series. There is very much a possibility that's what it's looking like. I think judges at 46 home runs. I'm not exactly Something sure. like that? Yes. Yeah, so it's I, pretty close. It's insane. I know he was like two away from like the record. Yeah, he, but he's, he's on, off to an insanely hot start. He's on pace to uh, challenge Barry Bonds. Okay, the, fair. The, the single season uh, record. He's he, he can challenge forty. He might, he's probably gonna he probably is gonna hit sixty, which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, so Yankees are on the up. Teams that are not on the up are the Angels, and it doesn't help that their star player, the best player of the generation, Mike Trout, was diagnosed with a rare back condition. He was expected to return sometime this season. Nonetheless, it's a it's, ter- it's bad for baseball whenever the best player is uh you know out and it's some uh some weird back injury that doesn't seem to have a you know it's not a very common baseball injury but hopefully it all works out for him baseball is better whenever he's he's playing uh speaking of players that are better when they're playing uh the league's better when they're playing jake Degrom finally returned after a year he had a couple rehab stints one of which uh was a game down in Jackie Robinson a couple ballpark. games. Correct. They had a couple with, uh, games here in Daytona with the, I think it was the St. Lucie Mets. He was down here for a couple weeks and then, yeah. Are you, is there construction in your building or something? I don't know what that is. This sounds like someone's just drilling into your wall. <laughs> yeah, that's like across. I don't know what that is. Super loud. It's okay. Um, it's probably Jake DeGrom just like beaming you with a, uh, fastballs yeah it might be um but yeah he returned i think he had a good first start i want to check the stat line uh exactly stats i think i don't think he allowed a run which is typical he did hit 102 which is obviously great news for the uh the mets he still has his velocity and he didn't lose anything he allowed one run in five innings um yeah, he's he's Jake DeGrom. He's the best pitcher of our generation. So he's good. He's very good. Happy to see him back. Um, 
unfortunate news that we got. Yeah, couple, we're couple, on a bad note. A couple couple nights ago, uh, that the greatest play-by-play announcer of all time, Vince Scully, passed away at the age of ninety-four. Uh, notorious for being the Dodge, the longtime Dodgers play-by-play broadcaster. He was an inspiration to many. His storytelling ability was unmatched. He was the greatest of all time. And uh, he, I think he just, just retired not too long ago, I believe. I, I'm not 2016. sure. 2016. 2016, yeah. So what he had six years of retirement. That He was with the Dodgers, I believe, 60 years or somewhere around there, um, which is just insane to have one job. That just tells you how great he was at his craft, that he was – along and they and never got laid off never got fired none of that he truly the best to do it the crazy thing to see which even from like a fan perspective is like you see all like i think it was almost every team around all of baseball not even for like a manager or something for of all things a broadcaster earlier i think he was a player but like like everyone holding like a moment of silence or something for him for a broadcaster. I mean, that shows you like how long he was there and how much he meant to the game of baseball. So that, I thought that was pretty cool to see to just see how far he reached and from that perspective, like how much he meant. Oh, it was, you're right. It was united around the league. I think everyone took like a moment of silence. I saw, I saw the pirates did. Um, he just, he meant so much to baseball and to the uh, Dodgers, you know, which obviously are like, one of the biggest franchises in the, in the league. So rest in peace to Vin Scully. No one will ever be able to replace the greatest to ever do it. Um, and then you decided to put a tasteful note right at the end there. Pirates continue to suck ass. <laughs> yeah, they were, it's, things just aren't great. They're uh... second least amount of runs scored this season around the league, only behind the A's, I believe. Not good. Not good at all. Let's see where they stand. I think they're still either tied or above the Cubs, ironically. I think they're still third in the division. Let me check. Oh, no, they're fourth. The The Reds are tied with them now, but they I guess they have whatever the tiebreaker is. So the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates are all within a game of each other. So yeah, there is a world that exists where the Pirates are third in the division. I don't hate that. I do hate how they've only scored 376 runs this year. But other than that, I don't think it's terrible. So um, I think they have uh, they have a good uh, um, chance to be third next year, at least. I mean, they have a chance to get third this year, but... Uh, there was a report that came out because they traded Quintana. I think it was from uh, Ben Sherrington, the general manager, who said that they don't expect to compete next year. They that their ideal start year is going to be twenty twenty four for uh, for competing. Did not sit well with a lot of fans. A lot of fans were not happy to hear that because a lot of fans, I believe, with the emergence of Cruz, uh, Contreras is probably going to be ready here soon to be a full time starter. A lot of pros- other prospects have been coming up, making their uh, presence known. I think the assumption is they're going to be better next year and they should try to make moves to be competitive next year. Management doesn't feel that way. So 
not the best news for for the fans, but I think we're kind of used to pain now. Troy's used to pain. It's been the entire story of this team ever since we've been alive. Next year, next year, next year we'll try. Next year we'll try. Okay, we'll sell everything off. All right, two years we'll try. Wrong. Makes it to the wild card. Okay, start over. Sell off McCutcheon, Cole, everything. All right, perfect. Now COVID comes around. That's our excuse. And now it's, oh, dang it. All right, we'll just, we're just going to let everyone go, and this just isn't working, so whatever. Now, I hate to be the bear of bad news, but apparently I've been stripped of my Zoom Pro membership so we have less than a minute to record <laughs> all right uh, well i guess that's the end of that i have so, uh, i have no for, idea what that is i didn't know that was thank a you for thank you for tuning into this week's edition of the unit report uh hopefully this doesn't cut off by the time i end follow us on spotify apple podcasts uh pandora and all those sites uh you can follow us or or tweet at us at twitter uh at the unit report um thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week We'll see ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Unit Report. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at The Unit Report.